Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And it's another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And my name is Phil Thompson. It's good to be with you again as we do another podcast as we do. We're a company called JSL Solutions, and we work with churches to uh, to provide for them all sorts of different tools. Yes, we provide live streaming, mobile apps, websites, and church management. And uh, we'll tell you more about that if time permits. We also work with churches, um, leadership things. Uh, we have... Steve and I both have a lot of experience when it comes to hands-on ministry stuff. I'm actually currently on staff part-time at a church as an executive pastor, and I speak and work with church boards and and have done so for many, many years. And so have you, Steve. I've uh, not spoken, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you've done all the other yes, stuff Yes, I've done the, the other things, yes. I've not been a senior pastor either, but, well, you, know, you, but can, you have. I have. All right, and so an executive pastor. I have. I just... Uh, and chief... Bottle washer as well. Yes. Clean toilets. All right. So today we're going to talk uh, that's kind of tech related, not so much on the internet, but it involves your worship service. And what are we going to talk about? So we're talking about how to stop distractions during worship. So, or during it, the service at all, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's um, for me who being on both sides of of the deal being a speaker and being in front of people and also being behind the scenes, uh, helping with, uh, you know, the presentation, the audio, the visual stuff, the video things, it's frustrating when, when there's distractions, uh, when you're up there speaking or even in the back, it's, it's, it's frustrating. And, and we're talking about, you know, weird noises. It's, uh, it's and, the, it's the old adage is if the better the job you do, the less people notice you're even there. Exactly. Yeah, whenever there's feedback or something, and those who, who you know, generally heads will turn to the back of the worship center, mm-hmm. sanctuary, whatever you want to call it, because they're looking at the sound booth. And the sound guys or gals are frantically trying to figure out, you know, either why there's feedback or why the microphone doesn't work or something weird going on. And so primarily we'll talk about audio today, not so much video stuff, but audio. So... That's what we're going to try to do today, and we'll try to sound intelligent. All right. <laughs> I've, uh, they had me be the sound guy when we were doing a mobile church many, many years ago. Yeah, how'd that go? But they, I think they learned that I don't have an ear for mixing music, and so they uh, po- very yeah. politely said, you don't have to do this anymore. Well, so, <laughs> there is an act to it. You know, my that was son, my only experience with the soundboard. Well, you know, like we always say, you want to find the, the position that, fits your talents and your giftings best. And probably audio is probably not one of them, but that's okay. Uh, now my son, for instance, who's now 18, he's been mixing sound a little bit and really does a good job. I'm really pleasantly surprised. And uh, I thought I was doing a good job. <laughs> well, I've had other people tell me that too, go, boy, the sound, it's really, the mix sounded really good today. And uh, I'll go, yeah, it really did. And it turns out it was my son mixing hmm. sounds. So he's got a, got a gift for it. Maybe he needs to do it. So let's talk about it. All right. So, uh, you know, Christmas is coming up. All, and not just Christmas, but special events come up. And so the, the, the last thing you want to do has to do with this 
distractions, you know, disrupting worship, dis- disrupting the message. So what I would encourage everybody to do that's involved in the sound area or if you oversee that area as a volunteer or pastor is uh, to start off, I would suggest that you make maybe a list of the common distractions that you are experiencing. So what we're saying here is well, here's generally what happens. And, and I, in your church, when I was on staff at your church, we would meet every Monday to talk about the worship service, the experience, you know. Right. And what always came up was the sound. Didn't sound good. So it didn't, you know, there was always mixed of complaints on the music didn't wasn't mixed right, or we had this issue, we had that it's issue. Too loud, too quiet, too. Yeah, and and what happens is if you're a leader, you you develop this list of frustrations that you keep inside of you, and so you're constantly frustrated. And whenever something does go wrong, in your mind you're thinking, "Oh no, not those guys again. They they need to get on the ball. What's wrong with these guys?" You know. So because it's so easy to do other people's jobs, it's always easier to do. But what I'm getting at is, you, what I would suggest is you really sit down and, and kind of do a little inventory. Okay, what kind of distractions do we seem to always get? or at least on a regular basis, what distractions are we getting? And so it could be anything. I mean, there's a list here we've got. Uh, go ahead. And so feedback us. is one, bad EQ, poor mixing, uh, missed mute cues. Those are always fun if <laughs> yes, <laughs> if the speaker that's not muted is somewhere off stage. Right, right. A hum and buzz, heard that. Mm-hmm. And then some of these are, I, this could be causes bad cables or loose right. connections that really causes the problems. Yeah. Or the sound is too loud or too quiet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, make a little list. Okay, what is it we're dealing with all the time here? And then, okay, now we've got a list here. Uh, let's sit down. Okay, how can we resolve these issues? How can we fix these issues? So I've got a little outline here. It's pretty sketchy, but we'll try to go through it here, okay? And one of the things that most people have, especially when it comes to music, especially if you have a band up there, uh, is feedback. Mm -hmm. We all know what feedback sounds like. Just listen to Jimi Hendrix (laughs) from the 60s and early 70s. (laughs) He made a living off of feedback. But you don't want that usually during your music service at your church. And so you really want to take a look at some things. Why, why are we having feedback here? The, the biggest issue is usually uh, your, your microphones are, are too close to your mains, your speakers, mm-hmm. uh, or you, they're just the mains are so hot, or, or you've got monitors. Uh, house, mo- you know, on, on a stage, usually musicians want some type of monitors. And so for many of them in the old days, they had these big box kind of monitors that sit on the floor and they kind of point up towards the musician well you know i was involved in music ministry for years and and, and that's the olden days though now right everybody's in-ear monitors in-ear now. or or some of these people have what's called i think what are they called hot boxes where they're up ken ballinger uses one usually they that's it, up on a stand and it oh it's right near it's, there it's right there where he can adjust it if you uh-huh. if you don't like inner inner ear stuff you can use those they're small, but they, they do a really nice job. So, the, the, but, but they're still, trust me, people listening to this podcast are still using floor monitors. Many of them are. Uh, yeah, if you can go with ear, inner ear monitors, 
Awesome. Uh, that That's going to eliminate a lot of your feedback issues. Plus, when you're mixing sound, if you're in the back, you're always going to have the guitar player or the singer, I can't hear myself, or I can't hear him, or I can't hear her. And so there's this constant struggle. And, and if it's not done right, you have on the stage these monitors, especially floor monitors, they keep going up. I got to bring the guitar up. Now I got to bring the drummer up. Now I got to bring the bass player up. Yeah. And what happens is all this sound is is on the up on the stage, and it's it's coming out to the congregation, and it sounds muddy. By yeah. the time it gets out to the congregation, it's very Whoa. muddy because you're not. The mains are now being over over driven by, by the monitors. And so then, if you're trying to, so it, it's just uh, and and this is the most painful thing for the person running sound. So you've got to look at these things and, and dial maybe some things down, adjust the floor monitors where maybe they're closer to the, to the musician or yeah. move the musician to the clo- closer to the floor monitor. But at the same time, uh, especially if there's a microphone, uh, you know, that microphone's going to pick up the floor monitor and it's going to loop, you know, and then it's going to be this feedback. Right. Which yeah, I've also, I'm not a sound guy, but I've all yeah, but I you know am an engineer. I kind of understand how some right. of these things works. I don't know why that there's filters that haven't been developed to say oh, when I'm at this frequency, do not. Well, there are some. There actually oh, yeah. are. Oh, there, okay. there are. Yeah, there are. And if you have some really nice equipment, so it'll it'll, some cut the, will it'll prevent yeah. any feedback yeah. before it happens. Yeah. So. yeah, some of it will. But but a lot of that has to do with the equipment you have. So some of this stuff is generic stuff. But uh, you know the first deal, the first step to prevent feedback is you've got to keep the the microphones behind the main speakers, and, and you've got to really work closely with with your team up there to keep the microphones you know and all that stuff from from getting involved you, in the you monitors. Just, you just and everything want to else. avoid making a loop, right? Just you, you really do. But again, if this is happening on a regular basis, you're going to have to spend some time with your music team and your sound team, your audio video team, to really work on this a little bit. And some of this honestly has to do with running through the music before the services start. Yes. And, and a lot of people don't do that. And so they basically do one song. Okay, sounds good to me. And they move on. And, and different songs are going to sound differently. They're going to have different frequencies to them. And so you really need to listen to the whole set and then make notes or something and adjust. Because if somebody's playing a different chord on one song, it could come out differently. So you know, it goes without saying that mixing sound is a thankless job. I was just going to say that. It, it's it really, is a thankless job. So get out is. of that job. And as you just said, <laughs> if you're doing it well... Nobody nope. thinks much about it or cares Nobody about it. Nobody knows you were even there. But if you, you know, you're making mistakes and it's a problem. So EQ, and again, we don't have time to get into all this stuff, but EQ is a very important factor here when it comes to controlling feedback. Uh, you know, all these knobs on the, on the you know, if, if somebody's yeah. listening to this podcast and you mix sound, you know what we're talking about here. But uh, for those of you who may be pastors or, or lead volunteers who are kind of maybe in charge of that area, but maybe don't do it yourself. Right. You know, these, these are things you, you need to work with your team about because so, EQ is important. And, well, with regard to streaming, I was just thinking here that we've mentioned it in the past, but the house sound is going to be very different. I was just thinking about online. my wife will often watch online on the Roku or whatever. Right. And 
she often complains about all I hear is the all I can hear is the lead singer. I hear none of the backup singers, and right. I, all I hear is you know she she always complains about the mix. Yeah, and well. um, but when I listen to it, I think it sounds pretty good. But anyway, so um, but. The mix for the house is going to be very different than the mix for online. For online, because yeah. you don't have the benefit of the sound bouncing off the walls for everybody in the yeah. house. And then, uh, obviously, over the internet, you're dealing with a different. You're at, you're you're really doing dealing with a limited. The bandwidth is not going to have all those highs and lows that you know you would get from in house. So yeah, so. Now, your church used to, and I don't know if they still do. We still do. We but, mix it separately. Yeah, mix it separately. So, so yeah. The, yeah, the mixer guy, he will he'll actually go to the finished product and pull up you know, the, the stream on the web and listen to it through a, yeah. some nicer speakers. And then he's got, actually, we're, they're using a uh, an iPad-based remote EQ tool. Okay. And he can, he can adjust the, the sound. Right. So every time I listen to it, I think it sounds great. But maybe it's just different uh, equipment that people are listening to, and they get mixed results. Well, I don't know, but I mean, uh, yeah, it's 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 somebody really. You mentioned this at the very beginning of our podcast. You really do have to have an ear for it. I mean, you have to be able to identify. You know, you've got to be able to knack. Okay, I hear the bass. I hear the I hear the melody line, but I also hear, you know, the harmony lines. And if you don't hear those very well naturally. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. If, and I'm not one of those natural. Yeah, ones. so you you really My son have would to. Be, but. Yeah, but it, it really does make a difference when you when you've got you know you can really pick all those things out. And as I said earlier, my son seems to have a talent for it, and he can seems to mix it really well. And there's lots of people that do, but uh, there are those of us you know who don't. So all right, so EQ is important. Uh, you know, vocals are important. All that good stuff. But uh, the bottom line is that you, you really have to uh, look at some of these things and spend some time on them. And then going from the thing you mentioned at the beginning, uh, you know, the feedback we just covered, the bad EQ can, can cause a lot of that and also can cause some little sharp stuff, poor mixing. So you got to spend some time uh, really listening for everybody on there. And then you mentioned this, what can be embarrassing, missed mute cues. Yes. <laughs> So it just depends on what's going on here. But a couple things I have found, and that is, uh, uh, yeah, if you have a lavalier mic and you're, you know, you're, it's strapped to your belt and you've got it coming down your ear or maybe on your, on your collar, uh, you know, it's real important for everybody to be on the same page as far as when the person's going to stop talking and either walk away or if there's something else going on while he or she may still be on the platform, which happens a lot, you've got to know that and you've got to be on your toes. Um, if you're not on your toes, then, yeah, you'll get. So do you rely on the guy turning his mic off or do you rely on the, the mixer guy to mute their, mute their mic for them? I, I would personally believe that the person mixing should mute the mic because normally people, if they're reaching down to shut to mute their their lavalier mic off, it's going to pop. It's usually clumsy. Yeah, uh, something happens. They drop it or something. Yeah, because it's it's usually hidden under a shirt behind yeah. your back, kind of a thing. Or yeah, so it's better off for them. You know, when they're done whatever they're doing, and if they're going to another song or somebody's doing something else, for that person running the soundboard to know and to 
mute it. And then they have to It's not like un- they don't have anything else going on, too, right? Well. I can imagine how challenging it, this can be. It is challenging. <laughs> now, I, you know, I spent 20 years in broadcasting, and back in the old days, we didn't use computers, and so we always had to be doing things at the mixing board on the radio station. So you always had to be knowing something else was going on and being able to talk at once and play a song and come out of a song and play a commercial, all that stuff. Or if you were producing a talk show, you know, in the other booth. So I understand that. But again, if you're going to be mixing sound, you have to practice doing that stuff. You're going to have to be on alert. I get frustrated, honestly, every Sunday. There's one guy I have that does sound for us. We've got several people. But the one guy never pays attention. He's back there looking at his phone. And so, you know, something's going on, and he doesn't unmute the mic. Or he does mute it. And then he doesn't, you know, know when to turn it on or something. So you're back there waving, going, hello, somebody wake Rob up, you know. <laughs> and uh, we, we have fun with it. And that's another thing. You know, when you're up there on a the platform, you have, to, you have to conceal your frustration. I'm all for transparency. But I think, you know, if you are irritated and, it, and really irritated, it shows. And you let it show <laughs> or you say some smart remark like I might. Uh, you know, it, it will dampen the whole mood because then everybody realizes, oh, the pastor's mad or whoever's up there is mad, you know, and it just kind of puts a shadow or a cloud over what you're trying to do. So I generally will have fun with it. I'll just tease and smile and deep down inside I'm really upset, but I don't <laughs> let them know that. So, uh, but yeah, so, so mixing's important, missing the cues, hum and buzzes. From the list we just talked about, yeah. hum and buzzes. Those, I would assume that those are one of the toughest ones to they can't to isolate. So just like everything we've been saying so far, you really have to get a head start on things and go through the service with the music and even the speaker. Maybe not the speaker, but at least get the speaker up there to test his microphone or her microphone. But the hum and buzz thing, it can be a real annoying thing. And usually it's a ground issue or, or there's a cable that's not plugged in all the way or, or there's something wrong with the cable. And so what happens is when you don't run through the service ahead of time, if you don't test these things ahead of time, and I mean not just for a minute, but actually you know, work with it for a little while, this is where you've got to run into things. And then it's almost impossible to fix during the presentation because then you've got people running up on the platform – during the presentation, whatever it might be, the music part or the speaking part or whatever, and it's just distracting. It's very distracting. So hum and buzz. You you just really need to check cables and uh, and look at your cables and look at what's going on up there. Uh, there could be bad batteries yeah, on something. I would, yeah, I know that's one of the habits that I know at my church they've taken – very seriously. So there's fresh batteries everywhere. Well, <laughs> and that's true with ours too. And because a lot of these, some of these musicians have, uh, you know, they have pedals on their instruments, you know, and, and some of them are run with nine volt batteries or even guitars. Some of the pickups are, are, they have a nine volt battery in their guitar where they have these pickups already built in. Mm-hmm. And, and if the battery goes down, it, it, sometimes you'll get a buzz. Uh, either that or it won't work at all. Mm-hmm. And then the guy's up there, you know, complaining because he can't hear himself or whatever. Well, it's because your battery was dead. And so you just hit on something very important, Steve. Have plenty of batteries. 
probably need to lock them up somewhere or whatever, but somewhere where, where the sound team can get to those batteries. And you should probably start every service before with fresh batteries in every yeah. device. I know at Archer Chicks is I, I get there. I'm not the sound guy, but I'm there um, beforehand yeah. to run uh, the video and the streaming stuff. And they run through the whole set, including, you know, the guy that's going to have a two-minute announcement. He gets up and he does his thing, and they, they check levels, and they run through every song. The worship band runs through every song. So yeah. they do – the distractions are at our place have been fairly minimal. I can't right. remember a distraction in quite a while. Yeah, I, I do remember there's been times in the past where something didn't work and nobody knew how to fix it and it took a long time. But, yeah. Uh, we also used to have, and this was at your church uh, when I was there, we actually had a backup microphone in the back. Yeah, in the back s- of the platform. still do. Yeah, and that way if, if all else fails, right. pick up the backup microphone. Even though we run through everything, yeah. we go, okay, now where's the backup mic? Oh, yeah. it's on the back left it's, part of the stage. It's already connected. It's already there. You've tested it ahead of time right. for every yeah, service. We do that too. So you know it's there. And then, then the person speaking or whoever's up there knows, okay, you know, if you if all else fails, somebody from whatever the back can say, just pick up the backup microphone, and within a few seconds, you're you're right. okay, and the, and the distraction's been minimized. But yeah, it, it, it's definitely a a struggle, and and again, this is why you really want to uh, you know do all, put all these things in place and uh, and and work on these things ahead of time because that way you're not creating this just you know. Dead air. We used to call it dead air in radio. Yeah. So, all right. So moving on here, where are we at? We've we've talked a little bit about hum and buzz, bad cables, loose connections. What else is next on the I don't know. List? What is? I think I've reached the end of my list. Right. Sound is too loud or too quiet. Let's let's break oh, that okay. down for a moment. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're we're oh, yeah. that my list. notes are kind of screwy. Sorry about that. So yes, too loud or too quiet. What do you do about that? Well, there's these things called decibel meters. <laughs> That you can get, uh, they do take batteries, so you want to make sure you have batteries in that. Uh, and actually, there's apps on phones now that you can right, use and for meters, tablets, yeah, and tablets. Uh, and I have found that they're very close. Now, I've had some sound people tell me, yeah, they're those apps aren't, they're not accurate, you know. And well, okay, well, you know, what you could do is is get yourself a decibel meter. It's just a little device that's about the palm of your hand and kind of has a little like microphone on the end of it. And you can do lots of different things with it. You can set it, and it can show you what the peaks have been and what the lows have been and what your current you know, right. readings are. And so I, I would advise everybody to have one of those. However, having said that, um, it just depends on the song, how many instruments are being played during the song. Uh, and then the speaker can be a little different, whoever's talking. Yeah. I would assume you'd want to establish some ceiling, right? Yes. And depending on what the church is and how much yeah. how, how much you want to rock out, rock out during worship, but uh, I would assume that you would set some ceiling right. would be the most important thing, saying, ah, if it gets above this, yeah. and we so, need to crank it down. You know, what's, the ideal t- what's the ideal decibel meter? I didn't write this down. I, I honestly can't tell you off the top of my head because it's different for everybody. But uh, And then when you take the readings with the meter – uh, you should take it several spots in the in the actual room or auditorium, because obviously the closer you are to the speakers, it's going to be a little louder. So you want to kind of make sure, okay, is this is this reasonable 
for the people sitting here. Now, in my church, we have a low ceiling. I didn't design the building, so don't tell me. But, but you know, if if you have a low ceiling, you have your mains that are fairly close to, to the ceiling. People, it, it could be a little bit of a problem mixing sound, and it depends on your on your congregation because. Everybody, it's like the temperature. It's like room temperature, okay? Some people like it 72. Some people like it 75. Uh, you know, some people like it 68 degrees. And so you're going to have to come up with something, depending on your congregation, That's yeah. uh, when it comes to the sound, what is a good balance here? Because, and this is something your pastor used to say, and it, 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 he said, I want the room to be really dynamic. I want it filled with sound. Well, you know, to do that means all these other things we just talked about, like mixing and everything and the EQ stuff, that's got to be right because you can't just pull up the volume. Otherwise, you get a lot of garbage. You get a lot of noise. And so it's – it's. but but I understand what, what Jeff was saying, and he was saying, look, I don't want the – I don't want the music so low that people can't really engage, that they don't yeah. feel the music. And again, everybody listening to this podcast, it's different. And some people have choirs in their church. That's a different deal. But you still want the room to have this nice, full sound that people can really kind of... If you go to a movie theater, although lately I've heard complaints about this, mm-hmm. if you go to a movie theater and you watch a movie, they have you know Dolby sound and, and it fills... Oh, yeah. The th- theater. Now, I've heard lately, I've, I read a report recently that's saying it's that they're actually potentially causing damage to people's ears now. <laughs> I, so there's been some flack. I can see that. I know, I know yeah. there's been at least one movie I've attended in the past year or so right. that was, it was painfully loud. Yeah. Um, so, again, you've got to come down with something where you feel fill the rooms where it's not like you can barely hear them and you can't get into it to and the other extreme going it's too loud the music's too loud or the speaker's too loud you know whoever's talking you've got to figure out what works for your church and that depends on your congregation the age of your congregation and, probably and memorize that decibel level and well, go with it huh? and then you know take several readings and really get a good feel for things and by the way if you, if you run through music and do stuff before the, the service starts that's great, as we just advocated. But guess what? When you get a bunch of people in the room, it changes. Huh? It changes. The sound changes, and usually it changes for the better. But that might mean you may have to bring it up a little bit or, or make a few changes. So, yeah. Anyhow, we're running out of time here. So, uh, distracting all these kind of things. I would encourage you very much if you're a leader uh, in your church. And uh, maybe you don't have the hands-on with the sound on all these things. So at least get with your team and say, hey, look, guys, let's have a friendly meeting here because it can be kind of tension can kind of happen. And let, let's talk about some of these things that I'm having problems with or we are having some problems with. And how can we fix these to be a for a better presentation? All right. Sounds good. All right. Good. So if you'd like to add to this list that we talked about, give us your feedback, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Just send us an email, and that email would be? Support at streamingchurch.tv. Steve and I would love to hear from you and, and uh, share your thoughts and all that stuff. So we're out of time. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us. We hope this has been helpful, at least to some degree. Maybe at least it will get you thinking, and maybe it will improve what you're trying to do Sunday mornings or 
you know, any time during the week with your church services. He's Steve Lacey. I'm Phil Thompson. This is the Church Solutions Podcast. You can find us on iTunes and anywhere that you get your wonderful podcasts from. Just look for Church Solutions Podcast. We're taking off. Have yourself a great day. We'll catch you next time.